With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Do you think you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not particularly. Mike, why don't you want to get a look at him? I see him every day. <laughs> How would you... Cousins is good to go. We can go back out there next week. Pardon me? Cousins is good in the COVID list. We can start next week then. I don't know. We'll talk about next week, next week. Okay, where does where does that Q&A between Courtney, Chip, and Zimmer regarding Kellen Mond rank among the most savage things you've heard a football coach say at a press conference? Oh, to a, I mean, about Zimmer, a Zimmer has a few. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I Okay, so... I feel like the potential. So Courtney's question's great. Uh, Chip's question's great. Chip's I, is like next level great though because Chip, right, Chip, like Chip knew there was more but, meat on the bone. Oh right, exactly. But that's where the good cop bad cop really comes in because I feel like the next thing from Chip, the question ha- has to be, but it has to be said in a sympathetic tone to Mike. How bad is it? Like, like, uh, like, can, can Kellen not, so, so like not accusatory of you're not de- developing, uh, Kellen correctly, but yeah. like what, what's gone wrong, Mike? Um, cause that allows him to dump on Spielman, which is what you want. L- like it doesn't help to make him matter. What, what helps is to, to say, to give him an olive branch to which that he can then grab and say, Judd, it's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty bad. So like, like that, that's why I asked the question about Gladney in training camp. Very specifically of of I know you can't talk about Jeff Gladney here, but I'm very curious as to what it means when you don't have a first round pick because that's a cornerback. That's your position, Mike. Mike, are you okay? See, Purple Daily listeners and viewers on the YouTube channel, these are the insights of the former lead Vikings beat writer at the start. Yeah. Yeah. And a somewhat that's crazy and a somewhat crazy human being, but that's that's, that's a, a different the, conversation. The, the psychology of what goes into getting. But those I love what Courtney and Chip did was great. Kudos to them. Great, it was a great on-the-fly tag team job there, and uh, it really exposed Mike Zimmer's anger. And I think, I mean, Mike Zimmer has been terse with the media before, and and he's definitely taken shots at players or position groups. But like, this is the most done he's looked. Right? I mean, whether he gets let go today and we have to do an emergency episode, or whether it happens in a week, right? He knows it. The fans know it. I would assume ownership at this point knows it. 
Um, this, by the way, is Purple Daily. If you missed Vikings Ventline yesterday, it was our longest episode of the season. We went over two hours. Um, you guys were awesome. I mean, we had we had some great first-time callers, so to speak. There's a clip going around of Chris and his rant from the East Coast that you can check out on Scornar's social channels, but it was awesome. Um, and this show is presented in part by Surly and also TCL. TCL is here with some of the best TVs for playoff football viewing. You will not see the Vikings while watching the playoffs. Unfortunately, they are now eliminated. But uh, plenty of football to be watched in the next month here. And TCL has a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Mackie, Judd, executive producer Declan. And this is Pie Chart Monday. Now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The Pie Chart of Blame. You want to blame somebody? All right, the so knows how you feel about pie. You know, we uh, we all came to this conclusion independently, but none of us give a rip about what happened in that game yesterday. Everyone knew it was going to be a disaster as soon as Kirk Cousins went down with COVID, and so these pie charts are more body of work. Why are we here? Eliminated from the playoffs with one week to go, under five hundred for seven hundred days. So these are big picture pie charts of blame. Judd Zulgad, the floor is yours. Okay, so I have four pieces. Four pieces of pie. Um, I don't think any one of these pieces is going to surprise you. One maybe a little bit, but probably not. Start at the bottom, 10%, Kirk Cousins. Um, With the way that things started in training camp, and I know that he certainly could have had a breakthrough case of COVID, so it's not like by not being vaxxed that cost him completely. It didn't help him. But starting with the whole thing, a kerfuffle about him being vaxxed or not in training camp, um, you knew it was only a matter of time before he tested positive, before people got ticked off. Uh, this this team, which doesn't feel like a team, has felt like a collection of individuals all season long, and Kirk is a reason why. And so 10% goes to your highly paid QB, who, yes, does take blame because he makes so much and he's expected to be the guy that in some way, shape or form leads this team. So 10 percent on Kirk because just uh, it's just a mess. Like statistically, he was fine, but just a mess. 20 percent goes to the Wilfs. They own the team. And if it's true. And so this is 20 percent of trying to look ahead, potentially, if it's true that they have not decided to fate of their GM and coach in some way, shape, or form by this morning, then you're part of the problem, dudes. Um, There's no excuse for that. Like, this is crystal clear that change has to be made. And you are are, um, billionaire adults who own a football team. You need to know what you're doing here. Like, this can't be, well, we're still having discussions and trying to decide. Do you know how disappointing 2021 now in the books was incredibly disappointing. So 20% goes to the Wilfs, who I think sometimes value stability over success. 30%. I'm going to split the last two. It's obvious. Rick Spielman, you built the roster. And it's a roster that has talent. But it's a roster that's not a team. It's not even close now. It's not even close. It's a collection of individuals, some of whom are very good, some of whom aren't. But as a team, now, not even close. 
And and I will say this too, and this is between Mike and Rick, but both of them are at, at fault. And I talked about this briefly last night. When you have the cornerback position opposite Patrick Peterson, Bashad Breland, who was so expendable that after a practice meltdown, you cut him. Cam Dantzler, who replaced Breland, but early in the season couldn't even get on the field to play. And in training camp, a third-round pick a year ago was shunned by the coach, a quarter, a cornerback whisperer. And so Chris Boyd plays. Well, Chris Boyd does stink. That's accurate. But it's not like, oh, my God, we had to play Chris Boyd and um, and our Hall of Fame corners had to come out because they were hurt. So 30%, the roster has huge flaws. And I think Rick is at the point now where he can't see them. And then the last 30% chunk goes right to Zim. Um, this team looked unprepared last night. I'm sorry, but the but I am not accepting of this. Well, 2021, guys, is about close games. And if, and if, 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 if the Vikings had done this, if they hadn't gotten unfortunate, if guys hadn't got hurt, if COVID hadn't been a thing, you know what? Everyone's dealing with things. The Green Bay Packers offensive line decimated. Last time I checked, they're going to be the top seed in the conference. So 30% to Zim, 30% to Spielman, 20% to the Wilfs, and 10% to Kirk Cousins. All right. Very tighty like three-minute and 57-second drive there for Judd. I got down the field quick. I, I just I'm wow. at my wits end. You, okay. you knew the plays you were going to run. Yep. yep. You knew what you were going to do with the line of scrimmage. And we'll, we'll come back to some of these. We're going to see some similar themes here, I'm sure, across pie charts. So I'll dive right in. I'll give you uh, four slices of pie here for my pie chart. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. How did we get here? Two seasons of meh. 25% to Mike Zimmer's inability to navigate the Kirk Cousins signing and relationship. So it's a little bit nuanced here. But I went back. We did this. I think we did this like maybe at the beginning of the season, but it's it's worth bringing up again here. I went back this morning and found Mike Zimmer's quotes from the 2018 NFL Combine. So this is just weeks before the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins. This is after the Super Bowl in which Kirk Cousins was in Minnesota wandering around the Mall of America with his agent. Like The flirtation was clearly happening. I'm not going to say they tampered, but this was a conversation that was full-blown when Mike Zimmer took to the microphone and spoke publicly at the Combine. It was very obvious he never wanted the team to sign Kirk Cousins, and he warned everybody without saying it directly that signing Kirk Cousins would be a bad fit for what he was trying to build, okay? So this is the quote. There's a, a couple different chunks here. How it affects the salary and how it affects the rest of our football team, Zimmer said. It's important for myself and Rick that we pick the right quarterback that's going to help us continue to move forward. If we don't do that, then I'll probably get fired. Let that settle for a second. <laughs> Literally, like, predicted. Now, of course, the criticism is, well, you had four years to, to make it work better than you did, and it's also on you. But he was sitting there saying, guys, for what I've been building for four years here, this is not the right fit. It's too expensive. It takes away pieces that you know have to go to the de- that have to go from defense to offense salary cap wise he continued and said the thing i told rick was look we've won 40 games in 4 years because of this type of football meaning defensive football uh-huh. what i don't want to do is say okay you're going to sign a quarterback and we're going to take away from the rest of the things 
that have gotten to this point. Now, we can sit here and we can debate whether, you know, defensive football is a long-term sustainable way to build your franchise. Uh, Just, uh, you know, plug any quarterback in and just run the ball and play defense. Like, well, it's hard to build the number one defense and then sustain it year after year. Your chance was 2017 and you got smoked in the NFC title game. So, like, there's plenty of criticism there. And whether you wanted Kirk Cousins or not, it's on you to build that relationship. The most important relationship on a football team is head coach and quarterback, even if you're a defensive-minded head coach. Bill Belichick is one of the great defensive coordinators of all time. The most important relationship he built was with Tom Brady and now with Mac Jones. And Mike Zimmer never understood that. It took him until year four to finally say, all right, well, I guess uh, I guess he's going to be here. So I guess I'll start meeting with him on Thursdays for the first time. So I get what he was saying. I get why he put up the warning signs. It's all playing out in front of us the last four years. But ultimately, it was on him to make it work better, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And so that's 25% of my pie chart here. Let's give another 25% to the man who put those two together against Mike Zimmer's will, Rick Spielman. So Rick Spielman gets 25% for, for creating a relationship that Mike Zimmer never wanted and kind of forcing it down his throat. And for generally delivering players to Mike Zimmer that Mike Zimmer either doesn't want, doesn't use, or rips openly to the media. I mean, uh, the the signing and the extension of Kirk Cousins, multiple third-round picks this year who literally never saw the field. Kellen Mond. I mean, he Zimmer is just like, even though Zimmer got what he wanted in free agency, right? He got his Patrick Petersons and his Dalvin Tomlinsons. He's openly ripping Rick Spielman for... Cousins, Mond, you know, some of these other guys. Mm-hmm. He hasn't used Rick's name necessarily, but uh, Spielman for just creating a lot of oil and water here the last four years. I'm going to give 25% to the Wilf family for accepting mediocrity as stability. They continue to talk about stability, but stability is earned. It's earned with the Steelers and the Giants and the Packers and the Patriots. Stability, right? They don't just go firing coaches. Well, yeah, but those coaches aren't just like coaching for eight years or GMing for 15 years and coming nowhere near championships. Like those, the reason why there's so much stability in some of these other franchises is they're earning the stability through at least going to conference championship games or winning Super Bowls uh, on a semi regular basis. So I just, I feel like the Wilfs are so paralyzed by the fear of losing out on like, borderline playoff team and dropping to 3 and 14 that it just clouds their ability to really make a push for a Super Bowl. So have some guys have some confidence in yourselves. All right, you can you don't, you don't have to settle for this or just call 7 us. 8 win crap. Yeah, just call us. We're here. We're here to consult. I'll help you out. Hire Doug Peterson. I mean that might be a train wreck too, but then we're not responsible if it is, okay? We're just the consultants. Yeah, we'll not sit down. Us. Let's go to a steakhouse. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Go to the back room at at uh, Marie's or Manny's. 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 That's the back room. Oh yeah, That's the right. back room is good. Yeah. You know, if you're a free agent, and you get the back room at Manny's. You know, the Vikings want to sign you, right? Do you know who who got the back room? I, th- I think I confirmed it with both of you gentlemen out last week. Booney got the back room. Oh, oh really? Did he? They took him to the back room. Oh, I did not. Wow. Man, I didn't know that either. I said I thought they'd take you out in Eden Prairie, what, dude. What size ounce? Steak did we should, get? I didn't ask more questions, and that's a great question. Okay, I had no idea, though. Tomorrow. I think it's a 16. Priority, priority free agent Alex Boone, though. 
Dude, Manny's is the best because they literally wheel just like a cart of it's livestock. Awesome. Like, they, like you get to <laughs> oh, yeah. make eye contact this with your dinner. Fred. He was a nice <laughs> yeah. cow on this uh, farm. He's going to be all yeah. over yeah, us now. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Fred's, Fred's got to go to the back now. Yeah. You see blood everywhere. <laughs> uh, all right. And, and then the, the, the final slice of pie here. Kirk Cousins also gets 25%. For collecting one of the biggest paychecks in the NFL, yet taking and apparently from a huge chunk of the fan base, uh, getting 0% of the responsibility for anything. He's the only quarterback in the NFL that gets all of the upside of when things are good, he gets all the praise. But when things are bad, it's never his fault, at least with a certain section of Cousins, Crusaders, and Vikings fans. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, is it his fault that the defense is bad? Is it his fault that his contract is overly bloated? Okay, no. But is he really doing everything that a guy making that much of your salary cap should be doing late in games as a leader behind the scenes, publicly at a podium, right? No. He continues to be, I just work here guy, even though hey, it's a team game. I just work here. You know, we're going to just go look at the film and I don't call the timeouts. That's on Mike Zimmer. Like, I don't know. I'm just here. Then why are you taking up 20% of the salary cap? If you want to be, I just work here guy, that's cool. Teddy Bridgewater was paid like an, I just work here guy, but he took 10 times the leadership role that Kirk Cousins does. And that's why people still talk about Teddy Bridgewater. So as long as he remains one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, it will be impossible for that team Vikings or otherwise to win a Super Bowl. So 25% to Cousins for just I just being I just work here guy, 25% to the Wilfs for accepting mediocrity as stability, 25% for Spielman for creating way too much oil and water on this roster, and 25% to Mike Zimmer for his inability to navigate the uh post Kirk Cousins life as Vikings coach. Eight Oh, well, we well, nice stopped. lengthy drive there. We Mackie. stopped at times, though, and, and dissected a little bit more. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. We yeah. did talk a lot about Alex Boone. Yeah. I, yeah. There. Pows. Yeah. There was PETA involved. Yeah. Be yeah. Kinda, yeah. There's the dead script there. Pows mm. lying on the floor of Manny's, which mm. got very personal. Yeah, the Rock knows how right. you feel about pie. I have six pieces of pie to bring to the table here. Six wow. pieces of pie. Oh. I got a You're whole carving like a Manny's butcher right now. Plenty of pie. Plenty of pie to go around. Start from the bottom, work my way up. I'm going to go 5%. 5% to start to the run defense. The run defense was atrocious this season. They spent a lot of money to try to fix it. Get Michael Pearson here, get Dalvin Tomlinson in here. At the end of the day, the Vikings are now 27th, I believe, against the run with the game to go. Um, the run defense was a sieve. Teams ran up all over them. But here's my problem with putting a lot of blame on the run defense. The run defense isn't going to be what is impacting you from, from winning the game. So when I put 5% to run defense... I put 10% on Kirk Cousins because the quarterback is going to have a bigger influence on winning the game. If a running back is gouging you, like that, that's a problem. I'm not saying you can't just be 30th in the league every single year and still expect to win football games, but the quarterback is going to have a bigger reason why you can win football games. When you go on the road or when you're at home against the Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush, Kirk, you can go win that game. When the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield are giving you every chance to win, you have a right to go win that game. So my blame goes more on the quarterback, even though the collection at the run defense was terrible all season, Kirk can still bail that out. So I go 5% to the run defense and 10% to Kirk Cousins. My next chunk of pie, I put 10% also on the offensive line. 
Um, the offensive line at times, I think, actually did show life. You know, like Brian O'Neill's a nice player, and Christian Darrisaw, when he finally got in, looks like a solid player. Ezra Cleveland, a, at least a competent guard. But in general, you started Ole Udo for a bunch of games. Rashad Hill, poor, poor guy, had to start a lot of games. This offensive line didn't do its job to hold up Kirk Cousins. And I think that offensive line, if they were able to do so, would have still th- that would have been able to give Kirk Cousins more time, would have been a lot easier. So I put 10% of the blame also on the offensive line. Uh, 20% to Clint Kubiak. I think poor Clint Kubiak is a very nice guy. Um, I think he was in way over his head. He should have probably had never had been given the reins, the offensive coordinator to an NFL team. He did the best job he possibly could, but he's inexperienced, man. Like, at, at the end of the day, it depends how you want to look at it as Clint Kubiak. Like, man, I was the OC for a team that had Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. That's pretty damn good. But when you watch his play calling, it was archaic. And I'm not sure if there was a string around his neck from Mike Zimmer saying, dang it, Clint, run the dang football, which is what Zimmer was still basically complaining about yesterday in the Packers game. They weren't running enough. But I, poor Clint Kubiak was set up in a little bit over his head, but he didn't do a very good job. So 20% to the offensive coordinator, Clint Kubiak. And my final two pieces of pie, it is Spielman and Zimmer, but I'm going to put 25% to Rick and 30% to Mike. Um, the reason, basically, I put a little bit more on Mike Zimmer is Zimmer's the head coach. Okay, he's been here for eight years. He got his pieces back. He got some players that could help stop the run, and he still wasn't able to even get the defense back to league average. And losing Daniil Hunter stinks. Don't get me wrong. Daniil Hunter, we saw how valuable he was in the limited games he played. Like, oh, crap, they missed Daniil Hunter last season. That's no doubt. But Anthony Barr was battling injuries. Players just not being able to be developed properly from your cornerback position. I put more of the blame on Mike Zimmer, even though both these guys could possibly be fired this year and have be justified to be let go. I put 25% on Rick because Rick still built the roster. Yes, it was it was not cohesive to Judd's point, but there's a lot of talented players that Rick helped draft here. Like at the end of the day, that is true. They aren't cohesive, and I think the cohesiveness would fall more on the head coach than I'd put it on the general manager. But I still think both these guys, if they were to be let go after the 2021 season, I can see it. But I put just a little bit more edge to Mike Zimmer at 30%. So my six pieces of pie, 5% to the run defense, 10% to Kirk, 10% to the O-line, 20% to Clint Kubiak, 25% to general manager Rick Spielman, and 30% to Mike Zimmer. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. And my phone Ooh. was not running during the drive, but yes. It's okay. I think it was. Oh, that's it was, interesting. It was very no efficient. play, clock, no play oh, clock yeah, for you. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. weird. Everyone else gets play oh, clock. Also, you did six slices. I think you know in terms of efficiency and yeah. time per slice. I thought you were. But we don't know. Very efficient because no clock was running. <laughs> Conspiracy. He yeah. didn't hold himself Conspiracy to the clock theory. like the rest of they, us. Are held you know, they, they pulled the umpire out of the Packers Vikings game yesterday. And I found it very coincidental that the Packers didn't have like any penalties called on them. So you know, I'm, I'm not. What happened to that guy? Yeah, I don't know. He like he get, bent did, his knee wrong. Get, oh, okay. right. Like he like he went like, to hyperextended his knee or something. He like went to bend over to put the ball down because I think it was going to be a fourth down, right? And then they had to like stop the oh. clock, and he like bent like, oh god, he you like, know what? like hyperextended <laughs> his knee, dude. He knew that game was going to be absolute crap, and it was freezing, and he's like, get me out of here. Smartest guy. Oh my knee! Yeah. Screw this! Oh my! Oh here. my knee hurts. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people commenting on Ventline last night. Who is this clean-shaven, skinny guy on the right side of the screen? Oh, I'm going to tell them right now. This this is the new Judd, thanks to my friends at, at Livia Weight Control Centers. Down from uh, 240 to I went and weighed in last Thursday, gentlemen, 208. Feeling great. Down from a 38-inch waist jeans to th- 36. Wow. Uh, my closet is all in play again. My closet <laughs> back in play. Like it's not like three shirts fit. Everything fits now. 
And you can follow my lead into the, the new year when it comes to weight loss. There's no better feeling, folks, than saying, I did it. Take the Livia I Did It 8-Week Challenge. Get your first eight weeks for free. That's right. I said that first eight weeks are absolutely free. Limited time offer ends soon. Call today, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, or visit Livia. Livia.com is the place to go. 855-GO, and it's spelled L-I-V-E-A. Experience the the eight-week challenge, not only free, but also fantastic in helping you get on track with your weight in 2022. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They're helping business owners stay on track throughout 2022. They're all about maximizing the success of your business through risk management. You might think you know, business owners are so obsessed with top line, how do we increase profits, this, but decreasing risk and making sure that you are defended against potential unforeseen things is also a huge, huge uh, priority for your business. So federatedinsurance.com is here to help. Tons of resources. Check them out. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right. Um, so, football. Declan played the clip, and we'll get to uh, we'll get to the to Judd Surly sermon here in a second, and we'll get to silver linings. But real quick, you know, Mike Zimmer refused to hide his disdain for either Kellen Mond and or the general manager that drafted Kellen Mond. Uh, the, you know, the clip off the top of the show. I mean, that's like the most savage and terse you'll ever hear a coach be talking about a third-string quarterback, a third-round guy, right, kind of an experimental guy. What do you make of that? Was that Zimmer taking shots at Spielman? Is he frustrated with Mond? I mean, I also look at it and say, you know, how much have, you know, for a head coach that it took him four years to start meeting with his starting quarterback and building that relationship, Mike Zimmer has probably never spoken a word to Kellen Mond outside of, like, you know, a sideways comment at practice. Do you you think Mike Zimmer has taken – Five minutes of his time this year to sit down one-on-one with Kellen Mond? Because I'm guessing probably not. Sit down one-on-one with him? No, probably. I mean, I'm sure he's talked to him. But, yeah, has has he sat down and tried to establish uh, we might be partnered into the future together conversation? I'm no. sure he has not. No. It, it just feels to me like there is already, you know, third-round quarterbacks. We did the math on this at draft time last year, third round quarterbacks have about a 20 to 25% chance of being multi-year starters. That's the average third round quarterback. Then if you start to talk about the situations that they're drafted into, if you get drafted into a team with a head coach that doesn't care about offense, barely meets with his starting quarterback and basically will put you in a corner and say, figure it out on your own. Then your chances probably drop to like 10 or 15% right. to become a viable starting quarterback. Right. And that's the unfortunate spot. I think Mond has found himself in. Not to absolve him. If he wasn't ready to play, that's on him too. But I don't think this organization is doing... like. What was the point of drafting him if you're just going to leave him in a corner, basically, for eight months? Well, and you That's al- my question off last night. And you also promoted um, a guy to OC who has never called plays b- before, basically, in, in his life, unless he's like done it at, at um, kids' games or something. Like, yeah. Clint Kubiak... Has has no history other than his dad's name is Gary, of of having an acumen that would lead you to ever promote him to the OC job. And when you took Mond, you basically entrusted that somebody, probably Kubiak, was going to develop this guy. 
while attempting to run an offense for the first time in his life. And by the way, that offense resembled nothing Mond probably does well. So it's not like, well, if Cousins gets hurt, Mond can play. I mean, Kellen Mond is probably, in his defense, completely unprepared to play because what's he going to do, run this system? Like this This is, uh, let's bootleg roll out and hope Kirk doesn't get hit because he can throw the ball. Uh, my guess is that Mond has a very different skill set, which has not been honed or developed at all. And and so if Mod's not prepared to play, that is partially on, on him. But my question would be is, have you prepared him to play how he needs to play? And I think the answer to that question is no. I think what Mike was doing, because Mike's a petulant child at times, and I think what Mike was doing last night was a shot at Rick. Um, and it wasn't just Mod. It's the draft class. And, Phil, I think it's – I think that if – we tried to like narrow this down and focus this. I think it's the third round there. I mean, we've talked about this. Rick took a bunch of guys that Mike, for the most part, did not want to play and did not play. And when you look at, at Wyatt Davis, there is no way that the day that he was drafted that Mike said he ain't playing. I'm sure they all said, oh, my God, we got our right guard at some point in time in 2021. No question, this is our right guard. And he can't get on the field. He can't even dress. And and so I yeah, so Chaz I think Chaz Surratt was a third yep. round pick. Kellen Mond, yeah, Patrick so, Jones. So I think what Mike is frustrated by, and look, his approach is all wrong. Like it makes no sense to say what he said last night. But I think he is sick and tired of hearing. People say, Rick's got all these draft picks. Look at all these draft picks. I mean, oh, my God, he gets so many draft picks. How does he do it? How does he do it? Mike doesn't see them as playable players. It's a problem. Mm -hmm. And Rick loves to trade back to play the volume game Mm -hmm. because in his mind, you know, the draft is kind of a crapshoot, so we're better off having 10 to 15 picks in a given draft because then we have a higher percentage chance of three to four of them becoming NFL players. Very rarely does he stick his neck out and say, Forget about the volume game. I want that guy. I'm going to move up to get that guy. Mm-hmm. And I do think if you do that too often, it can be reckless because then if you whiff, now you've also lost the volume of picks later. So I, I get why he does it. But it is it is pretty amazing that you had four third-round picks. Patrick Jones has been playing. He's probably played in like seven games this year, and uh, and he's been playing snaps more lately. But – He's by far the most impactful third-round pick of those four because Wyatt Davis has not stepped on the field. Kellen Mond played three plays, and Chaz Surd hasn't done anything. So um, it's a, it's an amazing disconnect between the general manager and the head coach. And it started with those quotes that we talked about in my pie chart. It started at the Combine in 2018. That sounded like a guy to me. When you, I'm just going to read these one more time. This... I don't think Zimmer and and Spielman were ever like best friends by any means. I don't know. I just I don't think those two guys were like going out for beer and red wine after work. But I think the first four years, I think those guys had a really good working relationship with each other and a mutual respect. But then when you start to read the 2018 pre free agency combine quotes, he's saying, you know, quote, this is Zimmer. the thing I told Rick was, look, we've won 40 games in four years because of this style of football. What I don't want to do is say, let's go sign a quarterback that's going to take away from the rest of the thing. It's almost like Zimmer saying, hey, Rick, like we've done a really good job through four years here. We've built something pretty awesome. 
and it it feels like a really good core here. Let's let's stay together, man. Let's keep doing it this way. Let's keep doing it the way that you hired me to implement the vision. The vision's working. Let's go. And then Rick went out and signed the big whale contract, Kirk Cousins, and like that felt like the fork in the road for those two guys when you look at the last four years and how they've played out. Yes, and I I think the the day that this all started to really come undone um, was the day Teddy got hurt because that was Mike's guy and he had his cheap he had his cheap but effective QB who could lead and was potentially going to come into his own and Mike loved him and look. We didn't know at the time. Mike hasn't come close to liking, in my opinion, a quarterback since. So, and, and this was Mike's guy. Uh, they trade for Bradford, and if you recall, there were stories that Mike like um, went and reached out to Sam, and I think he went down to Oklahoma at one point in time after 2016 to try and bond with Sam. First game in 17, Sam gets hurt. Keenum steps in, and it's great. But the problem there is, what did Mike do? Complained all year long. Oh, man, he's 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 lucky. He can't keep doing this. He can't keep doing that. And I think the part of the problem was Mike's not a patient guy. And so Mike lost his patience with the position to a certain point. And Rick is not a confident guy. So Rick said, man, I'm trying to find a quarterback, but, you know, I'm not lucky. Um, I'm, I can't draft a guy because it doesn't seem to work out. And so, so they, in their minds, and especially in Rick's mind, went and signed, you know, the top, the top, um, top guy, which by the way, kind of a, a known quantity. Yeah. Which by the way, is a very rare thing. Free agent quarterbacks who are considered really good do not become free agent quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Well, unless there's exactly some un- underlying things under the hood that, but so Rick was, available. so Rick wasn't dealing from a place of confidence. Mike was dealing from a place of concern and impatience, and we are where we are now, I think, all all because of those things. Yeah. Here's another question, too, just to the Kirk Crusaders out there. Like Judd just said, it's very rare that top quarterbacks become available, even for trade, let alone free agency, right? Like sometimes once they get into their – like Tom Brady, once he got to be like 40 – and then Breeze was a free agent like two years before he retired with some arm issues. You know, Favre had to sort of force retirement. Like, so not counting when guys are in but their not late the 30s. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You're right. When guys are in their late 20s, early 30s, yeah, the prime of their career. Yes. You do not see top quarterbacks become available. And it's like all of a sudden, whoa, look at this guy who throws for 4,500 yards. He's just a free agent. This is unprecedented, right? And in the end in a league in which there's only about 12 to 15 truly reliable starting quarterbacks at any given time in a 32-team league. Two teams were in on Kirk Cousins at the end. One of them was the Jets. (laughs) Yeah, bells and And whistles. And another another one was the Minnesota Vikings who've been, let's face it, we've been quarterback beer goggles starved for 30 years, right? (laughs) You know, Dante tears the knee. You know, we're just, we're jumping from, Brett Favre, Donovan McNabb, Warren Moon back in the 90s. And so you're telling me, you're telling me in a, in a league in which like teams would will, teams will drop an Alex Smith for a Pat Mahomes in a second. Like you'll move off a guy if you think that there's a better quarterback or you'll if 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 for, like if if Aaron Rodgers became available, you know, five years ago in his prime via free agency, let's say. Let's say he was 33, 34 years old in his prime and he inexplicably hits free agency. Mm hmm. 
do you think two teams in the end would be in on him? Of course. Or do you think 22 teams would be in on him? Why were only two teams in on Kirk Cousins? At the time, it was hard to figure, and it was like, it, to me, it was the right move. But then we hear from some of these like East Coast Vikings fans, like I think it was Chris last night, who said, yeah, all, my, all of my Washington football team friends are literally just laughing at the Vikings the last four years. And some of it's Kirk. Some of it's the chemistry between Kirk and Mike. Some of it's the salary. You think Kirk at a different salary would be different, but, you know, the Vikings got... The Vikings got hoodwinked, man. I would love to the know. Vikings got hoodwinked. I would love to know what Mike's old friend Jay Gruden, who coached Kirk in Washington, told Mike. I think I think we know. No, I do I too. Mike, but I'd Mike like Zimmer's to hear from reaction Mike. the entire. I'd like way. to hear from yeah. Mike. I'd love to yeah. hear what because uh, Jay, I believe, was the OC when Mike was the DC in Cincinnati, and I would love to know now. I mean, Mike clearly knew some things. Um. And I don't know why Rick didn't. I'm sure Mike share those things with Rick. It, it's a very, it's a very interesting question about what Mike knew, and and I find, and I guess I find it really intriguing that Kirk was then signed to an extension. And I I know cap wise that helped out quite a bit, um, but I don't blame the Vikings for the initial three year attempt. I just I don't. don't. I don't blame them. I'm not going to sit here and bag on them. Finding a quarterback is hard. I don't really trust Rick to do it, so he and he clearly doesn't trust himself. So he went out and got the best guy he possibly could. Uh, the extension, in my opinion, is another story. Yep. Yeah, they had a chance to just be like, "All right, all right, that didn't work the and way we that we wanted it to, and it's fine. Whatever. Let's, Absolutely. Let's get let's get cheaper, maybe younger, more mobile, whatever, and let's build the rest of the roster. Yep. So, all right, like plenty that. plenty more of that. You like to discuss, but it's time now for Judd Zolgad to take the floor here for his weekly Surly Sermon. Surly, you must be furious. That's exactly right. Brought, brought to you, of course, by my, my friends at Surly and, man, the Furious. Mm-hmm. Had a few this weekend, boys. Such a good beer. Such a good beer. Mm. We're going to go in a different direction today, gentlemen, because today the Surly Sermon is a letter that Vikings fans should receive from the team, but they won't. So I have penned it for you. I have penned it for you, and I'm going to right now share it with you because fans, true fans, and you know who you are, deserve this. Dear loyal Vikings fan, we know that you have given your time, money, and most importantly, emotions to us for many years now, and we know that at nearly every turn, we have let you down. The 2021 season was the latest example of our ability to punch you square in the gut. Great expectations turned into a massive disappointment, and yet many of our employees attempted to sugarcoat our crappy season at every turn. Some would say they lied. We are sorry. We are sorry that our quarterback has no idea how to lead or to win games when it matters most. We are sorry that our coaches turned into a character from grumpy old men, and we are sorry that our GM collects draft picks like children collect stamps. You deserve better, and you are going to get it. Big changes are coming. Changes that will usher in a new era of Vikings football and usher out the status quo. It's time we stop being afraid to fail and start striving to succeed. It's what you deserve, and it's the only way to a championship. Praise be to God. A tear to my eye. That is what you deserve, fans. And that is your surly sermon from Judd Zolgad. Yeah. What, so, what do you think the actual letter would say if if the Will family had to put a letter out today? That's Season what that's what it should say. Two weeks. 
right? Your 2021 season ticket deposits need to be sitting in our bank account in two weeks. It would just be it would be an audio card. You open it, it's just a just the horn sound. Um, yeah, like, and that's the thing. I, I almost feel like the fan base needs to. And this is going to sound ridiculous because I know a lot of people think like, well, the fans don't really have influence. No, they they do. It's it, you know, do they listen to every single thing? But if the if the Will family knew that, listen, you're not going to get a ton of backlash if you make some major changes here, and if you have to take a slight step backward with the goal of winning a Super Bowl, as long as the stated goal is championship, I think a lot of people are going to get behind it. So this fear that they have of, well, what if we lose what we've got? What do you have? You've missed the playoffs in three of the last four years. Mm-hmm. It's not like, okay, so I guess what you have is that you're not a total disaster as a franchise. But is that re- like you're not hanging a banner for that. So what are you afraid of? Go win a championship. Make some hires that can, because you know you can't win a championship with the current stakeholders leading GM, coach, and quarterback. Those guys together, those guys ain't it. And people are checked out. I, I think there's a false sense of security that is gained through the fact that the loyal fans are like Kirk stands and that. But I think if you look at the majority of the fan base and and some very smart fans, they're gone. They're checked out. Now, do they still like your team? Yes. But are they invested? No. Yeah. And last night, look, I know a lot of guys didn't play. But when you go in and play and play the Green Bay Packers and play like the Vikings did and and the Packers are basically going, you know, they are the number 1 seed in the conference and you are out of the playoffs, I don't care who is wearing your jersey and who is not, it's embarrassing and it should be embarrassing to everybody. Everybody. You can't defend it. All right, we do uh We are contractually obligated when the Vikings lose to give our silver linings here. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe what we'll do is let's do the same thing we did with our pie chart of blame. Who cares about the game yesterday? It doesn't matter. Give me your number one silver lining out of this disappointment of a season. Mine is that the, this this offense still has plenty of playmakers. Like it, it, there isn't a lot of retooling that has to be made to this offense to go to the next level. Like I, and I know the quarterback and coordinator are kind of up in the air right now of, of who those two guys could be in 2021. But if you are an incoming coordinator or an incoming quarterback, I mean, think about the pieces you get to work with. You get to work with Justin Jefferson. You get a healthy Herb Smith back next season. Tyler Conklin is an admirable player and stepped up and took a big step. Dalvin Cook's still damn good. The offensive infrastructure is sound, dude, and it should it should be a top five offense. It should be a top five offense for sure. Mm. But this offense has so many good playmakers. It's not like you have to go to the draft board and the free agency will and be like, oh, I need a wide receiver, I need this, I need that, I need this. Most of it's in place. Most of it's in place, and I think the offensive playmakers took big steps forwards this season. Yeah, I think so. I agree with those things. I was watching last night. And I actually think there's some interesting defensive pieces too here. I and, and maybe it'll take offensive-minded head coach that brings in like former, you know, like a Vic Fangio or someone to run the defense as basically the CEO of the defense to get more out of the the pieces than Mike Zimmer's getting. But for instance, the number one graded defensive player for the Vikings this year is Cam Bynum. Now he's only played about 200 snaps or so, but 
like he's a really interesting young piece. Mm-hmm. You can play him. You can play him in nickel packages. You can play him as a safety. Like there's a lot of things you can do with a guy like that. I also even some of these backup defensive linemen. I think Armand Watts has taken a step forward this year. Uh, James Lynch had a couple big plays last night. So I think there's there's some interesting pieces that maybe we wrote off early as just like backups that are now starting to emerge a little bit. And so I don't think you're starting over from, from zero defensively either. So that's, that's, and I agree with Declan nailed it. I think the offense is like ready to just pop into the top five with the right scheme and Mm -hmm. just get in get a right guard or a center in here and let's make some hay. But there are some interesting defensive pieces. Uh, Both of you are correct. And both, I think of you are also correct about the fact that there's a lot of bright young players on their first contract, which creates my silver lining. Get out the pen and start line leading veterans. This is not going to be, be hard. And before anybody jumps me and says, I got to hear Smith Jersey, or I got a feeling. You know what? I don't care. Number one, I don't care. And number two, guys, think about this. Okay. Um, if I cut you, or I tell you that, that you're going to have to take a, a substantial pay cut, what's your comeback? But you can't do that. I played on a bad team the last two years. That's correct. So so now the ability to create cap space, forget Kirk. The ability to create cap space is widespread. I got a guy that can play some football. What, what's his name? I think he wears 17. Oh, K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne made another incredible catch last night. There is a case to be made very soon. Adam Thielen is getting in the way. So if he doesn't want to play for five bucks, guess what? Go play elsewhere. I don't care. I heard no. you're from here. I heard that. But and, and look, Adam Thielen, this is not to say that he has not been a very good player. But to Declan's point, if you get the right people here, you don't need, hey, we got Thielen too. KG Osborne's really damn good. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson's really damn good. That's a great starting point. Those guys are are right now inexpensive um to phil's point find them right but you can't cut harrison smith he's oh no actually i can and here's the thing the hitman deserves to be on a team that's prepared to pop like i would like to see him go to a super bowl type team because he'd be great he'd be great but he's near the end so so i think the silver lining of this entire thing and we sort of saw it at times again last night a lot of nice, cheap, young parts who could be very good. Um, and, and we're so, rightfully so, fixated on Kirk's contract. But get beyond that. And and I know you're going to say you can't cut Thielen. You can't. Yeah, actually, you know what, folks? It's football. I can do whatever the hell I want. It's a cutthroat. It's a brutal business. Okay? Yeah. And, and this this is a lot of this, too, is about getting younger, getting healthier, and also clearing cap space because obviously you want to be able to add to the team, right? You want to go into free agency, and if there's guys in their prime available, you want to be able to sign them or maybe even overpay for an offensive lineman like Amen. the Chiefs did with Joe Tooney, right? Love it. That's an overpay. Yeah, well, they can afford it because they they brought they brought the uh, quarterback's cap number down. So just for fun here, we can do it. We'll do a whole episode on this sometime soon, but... Here are the, the top cap hits for the Vikings next year. Just I'll just go. I'm not going to get into the numbers here, but so Kirk Cousins is the top. He's one of the top three cap hits in the league. He's set to make 22 percent of the team's cap next year. So that's I mean that's an obvious one. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniil Hunter is the second highest cap Whoa. hit on the team next year at 13 percent of the cap. If you cut him 
You save $20 million to the cap, but he is your best defensive player when healthy, and he's in his prime. Mm-hmm. I'd be careful there. Yep. Adam Thielen is the third highest cap hit right now at 8% of the overall cap. If you There's there's quite a bit of dead money in there, so you only mm-hmm. save like $5 million if you cut him. Eric Kendricks turns 30 in a month and a half. And is not coming off a good season. This was, according to Pro Football Focus, the worst year of his career. Yeah, we got to call spade a spade here, unfortunately. And uh, he takes up almost 7% of the team's cap. You could save about $8 million by saying goodbye to a 30-year-old who's been a Ring of Honor caliber player for you. But again, it's like, this is about winning in 2022, 3, and 4. It's not about celebrating right. you know, individual accomplishment. Amen. Har- Harrison Smith, you brought him up, so he's the fifth highest paid player on the team next year. He's in his 30s, closer to his mid-30s. And uh, you could save, I believe, about seven six $6 million to the cap by saying goodbye to him. And you could elevate Cam Bynum into a starting role. Now, Xavier Woods is also a free agent, so you know you got to be careful about just like not having a second safety, right? But Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce is another one. You could save like seven million dollars. He's one of the year, one of your six or seven highest paid players. So I think he's gone. Yeah, and he's banged up. And I liked what know. he brought, but he also missed a lot of time. Yeah. So there's there's some easy money. I mean, we just right there. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to cut all those guys, but like you could you could pretty easily rack up about twenty million dollars in cap savings by saying goodbye to guys over the age of thirty. And also, I don't want. Um, beyond Jefferson, who's great, I don't want Thielen or another player getting in Osborne's way. Like, I think K.J. Osborne is set to pop and be a dynamic threat, and he's young. Um, and I think to, to be like, yeah, but Thielen's got to get his you know catches, and he, we got to get away from that. And I know it's hard. I know we all love him. I think he's from he's from been here. Great. He's one of like the I said, one of the great Vikings of all time. He yeah. is. He's one of the great Vikings and of all time. And he's one of the great stories. He's a great story, and it should be celebrated. And I look forward to, to the day that, that he's doing alumni work and speaking at Dunkers to talk about the great years. But um, yeah, it's and you know if you can't start at the point that this sport sucks, like I love it, it's fun to watch, but it's it's a tough sport, man. It's a tough sport. Decisions are are made that are brutal sometimes. Um, but they're all made, hopefully, in the name of one thing, trying to win. So I would personally prefer that Adam Thielen remained a Viking for life because I think he's one of those guys that's going to be he's going to be a little bit like Larry Fitz, where even though the speed's gone, sure, he's just going to be a really good third down sure. possession guy. Like he'll kind of shift into like a third wide receiver. It's got to be on your terms, though. Yeah, but you can't you can't justify at age thirty two coming off injuries like right. surgery again. You can't justify him as one of the three or four highest paid players on the team anymore. Right, you just can't. I agree completely. So, so many discussions like this is basically going to be the next two months on Purple Daily. <laughs> like we're just going to do this every day, and it's going to be fun because now I feel like we're trans. Like to me, last night was the transition from like this dark, just blah era of Vikings football and last night was the absolute stamp that I wasn't mad or anything like last night 2022 it's 2020 it's a new year we're moving on last night had to happen so that we can have fun and speculate on the bright future of Vikings football I'm not mad bring it on that's right I'm ready I'm ready to eat difficult discussions for breakfast Mm -hmm. is what I'm prepared to do right Mm -hmm. now all right love it PJ 
All right, that's a wrap. Purple Daily here, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. They've got some steps to take, but we're here to help guide them. And thanks to you guys for making Purple Daily a 20,000 subscriber channel as of last night. That's awesome. We basically had 1,000 subscribers two years ago. You've helped us build up to 20,000, and uh, we appreciate that. If you're listening to us via Apple, Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review. Help spread the word about the show. Thank you, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Purple Daily.